It was the words of Joni Mitchell who said, Don't it always seem to go? You don't know what you got till it's gone. If we're truly thinking in the Thanksgiving spirit of this week, the best thing that we can do is take inventory of what we are thankful for, what brings us joy in our lives. And today I'm going to walk us through maybe a little bit of an assessment on that. And we're going to talk about a Pew study on gratitude that came out and whether Americans uh, feel grateful here in 2022 for their country. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Welcome back, Bold Americans, to another episode. So glad that you're here with me today. If you've been paying attention this week, you know that I'm putting aside the political analyzing, and I'm going with shows about joy and Thanksgiving and bringing on some guests. And tomorrow I have a great guest just for Thanksgiving for everybody. Now you can choose to listen to it on Thanksgiving while you're celebrating, or you may choose to just listen to it later on a different day. I understand it's a holiday, and so some people may choose to put that podcast to another time. That's the beautiful part about doing a podcast format you, my great listeners, get to listen whenever you want to. And uh, for that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you take the time to do so. Uh, so today, I wanted to talk a little bit about this Pew Research study on gratitude and thankfulness and this concept that maybe we're getting what it means to have gratitude wrong when it comes to our country, uh, when it comes to uh, just what is America and you know, what is the time for Thanksgiving? And so Thanksgiving in, in the traditional sense is when we all get together and we're supposed to reflect on what we're thankful for. We've made it a holiday, right? It's something that's very popular in our country. Uh, we have a day of football games now where uh, we have entertainment on the television. We have the Macy's Day Parade. It's kind of the kickoff to the holiday season here in our country. And that all being said, when Pew Research did their last study, uh, a large majority of Americans, about 78% that were polled, felt a strong sense of gratitude and thankfulness on a weekly basis, not just on Thanksgiving Day. Now, this study was done in 2015. So here we are, you know, almost a decade after, right? We're, we're coming up on eight years after this was delivered. Now, some groups of people were more likely back then to express gratitude. For example, they had almost eight out of every 10 women felt they regularly had a strong sense of gratitude or thankfulness compared to seven out of 10 men. It also mattered your religious affiliation. And that's likely because they said once a week, many people felt Thanksgiving. And this was likely from when they were trying to create an inventory of things that they were praying for, of thankfulness. And so that helped uh, kind of make that come to the forefront. Now, among Americans who didn't participate in those type of religious activities, uh, they still found that Americans who did not believe in God, 58% of them felt that they regularly sensed gratitude. In fact, six out of 10 Americans said that religion wasn't all that important for them to express those feelings. So this concept that it's 
gratitude or thankfulness is tied to religion. Uh, as my guest yesterday said, uh, John Gerbowich, uh, it doesn't matter if you're an atheist or you're a practicing uh, Christian or Muslim or whatever faith it may be. You can experience gratitude simply through the mindset and joining other people where they are. And I thought that that was a beautiful thing that he spoke about, and I wanted to expand upon that a little bit more as we talk about America now. So Americans, right now, you know, do we still have gratitude? Well, as the studies have continued on from 2015, it seems that now about 8 out of 10 people have felt deeply grateful over the past week. Now, many people have felt that they've been stressed, but they find themselves more thankful in our current economy, current state of our democracy. In fact, it seems that the more challenged people became with their finances or the more uncertain things looked with their government, people expressed more thankfulness and gratitude because it caused them to dig deeper into what they did have and feel thankful for it. And so some things that uh, I spoke about on Monday that we take for granted something my wife had purchased for me about I guess a year ago yeah I guess it was last Christmas was a book that took me through a daily meditation in order to kind of center myself and in that it gave me a list of things that I would be uh, thankful for grateful for and so the things that I was thankful for uh, it's funny because when I go back to what I wrote down I was thankful. One of the first things was my sense of smell. And the reason I was thankful for my sense of smell is I lost my sense of smell last November around this time of year when I had COVID and we had Thanksgiving and I could not smell or taste anything. Uh, I'm sure the house smelled just as good as it always did with the smells of the turkey and the stuffing and all the great fixings that my wife was preparing. I was laid up in bed, came downstairs uh, ate my meal and it, it didn't taste like anything. It didn't smell like anything. And I forgot how much the smell of Thanksgiving and the holidays really gets you in the mood to celebrate and get you in the mood to have that perspective. If you've ever walked into a room and you smelt something from your childhood, it takes you right back to that time and that place. And the older I get, the more that I find that I experience this or on a Saturday morning, I'll walk outside and it's getting colder out right now. The air hits you, but you smell it. And immediately I can remember going out on Saturday mornings and playing soccer as a 10 year old, as a 12 year old, I can remember specific memories of the games and how it smelled to be out on the field as it rained and playing. I can, I can just, it brings me right to that moment. And so I'm so thankful for my senses and I'm thankful for my sense of smell. And that was one of the first things that I ended up writing down. And then after that, I continued on with my sense of sight. Now I'll get a little bit personal with you guys at the present moment because I feel like there's this trust relationship that you and I are developing since you've been listening to me every single day or at least once a week or once a month. You're kind of checking in with episodes and you know, you deserve to get a larger insight to who you're listening to since we're having this trust. And so for me, my sight has been getting bad lately. Uh, I've been having issues with my health uh, from here and there. I've kind of alluded to that a little bit going through some tests. Matter of fact, by the time you hear this podcast today, 
I will have gone through kind of a, a, a three-hour test. And part of that's to figure out why I'm having this blurred vision. You know, I'm a photographer. I, I did photography for years doing weddings and capturing people's moments. I was a TV film major. And when I went for my bachelor's degree, my sight is so important to me. And it's something that I don't think that I have taken for granted. I've always really appreciated uh, being able to take in a nice sunrise, uh, a nice sunset. I take photos all the time, but having my vision become blurred over the past uh, six months or so and having these episodes where I'm going, oh, what's going on here? Um, really, I'm thankful for all the days that I can see really well. I'm not saying that I'm going blind by any means, so no one panic on me. Um, but there's something going on that's causing my, my eyesight to, to go blurry from time to time. Maybe it's just old age, I hope. We're going to get to the bottom of that. And so health. Um, you know, when I was sick uh, with COVID or after my vaccine reaction, uh, health is something that, you know, we take for granted every single day. But that was written down in my book, in my inventory book. You know, would this be on your list? Would you say your health, the days that you've had that have been good days are days that you can truly wake up and say, wow, I'm feeling good today. I'm thankful for that. Uh, because when I have good days, I, I am very, very grateful and thankful. Um, they're all things. You know, we may or may not be blessed with children, depending on who my listeners are, you know, what, what your experiences in life were, if you're able to have children or were unable to have children. Um, but, you know, in my inventory, I have my children. I have my children and my wife, uh, my relationship, you know, my, my wife, my kids. There's something that has impacted me on a level that you just really can't understand. Um, as far as gratitude goes in my children, I'll share a quick story with you here. Maybe you can relate to this. You know, when I'm talking to young people, teenagers, and I remember what it's like to be a teenager, you don't think that the world truly cares about you. Uh, you convince yourself that maybe you have somebody who doesn't love you as much as um, they, they do. When my daughter was born, and it happened again with my son, but my daughter was the one where it really just rocked me as my firstborn child. As soon as she was born, I thought to myself, oh my God, I love her. And I've only spent 30 seconds with her in my arms. She doesn't have a name yet, but I will protect her and I will do whatever's possible to make sure that she has the best life that I can provide. I did the same thing with my son. And then as I was reflecting on that moment, when my wife, you know, started holding our child, I am looking at her going, oh my God, I love her. And all of a sudden I started crying because I realized that when I was born, somebody held me, my parents, they held me and they thought the same thing. And I understood that that bond could not be broken. And all of us have that individual that has held us either physically or just mentally looked out for us that loves us so much. And because of that, we are all unique. We are worthy of value. And that's something to be so thankful of and so grateful for. And so that was a moment in my life that just rocked me having my own children. Even it made me a better educator in the classroom because now it wasn't about, you know, well, here's these kids that I'm teaching. It's here's these kids that are somebody's children that are loved just as I love my own children that 
I have in my life. And so it caused me to take a deeper care in the classroom. Um, it's, it's being honest with everybody today about those type of things. Also in this book, some more kind of things that I, I wrote down that I don't know, it was wintertime and I was really cold and I came into the heat. I was like, I am thankful that we have heat in this home. I'm thankful that I live in a, a safe uh, environment that I can come home and secure under a roof when there are people that are out there right now that are homeless, people with cardboard box boxes for insulation. That's horrible. And we take that for granted. We really do. And then as we uh, talk about the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, in uh, March of last year, I, I wrote something about, I'm thankful for my freedom and my rights. And in there, I had this reflection about how everybody's like, oh, the Democrat Party, they're trying to destroy our Constitution, trying to destroy our rights. And how I felt that that was a statement that if you hold that up to what right did they take away? Most people cannot point to any constitutional right that has been taken away from them. And we even see now on the flip side with Republicans celebrating Roe v. Wade, Democrats saying, well, they took away our right. It was our, our right. Well, actually, it wasn't our right. It was never written out in the Constitution. It was never part of that. And so sometimes when we look and we celebrate our freedoms and rights and we look at the way that the two sides try to polarize, can we all just be a little bit more honest about our freedoms and rights? I think the only thing that I would say, and I, I got to stay away from politics, the only thing I would say is if we're going to finger point and put blame or say what rights have been lost, in individual states, you could make an argument about the Second Amendment. That's the only right that you could really say has been infringed because it has a word saying shall not be infringed. But you know what? I'm thankful for every single one of the amendments in our Constitution. I'm thankful for the way our politics work in our country that we try to give voice on every issue where we can. It's a beautiful place to be here in America to be able to do that. And we take that for granted often. And so as we may bicker and fight from side to side, and I, I try not to engage in that too much, um, I think what at the end of the day, what's really important is that we just can appreciate the fact that we are at least all fighting for the same freedoms. We're fighting for the same rights. And if somebody's going against those freedoms or against those rights, that's what voting's for. Voting is to be the great equalizer to make sure that that does not take precedence. All right, I'm going to continue on with some of this list and stuff and get us ready for the Thanksgiving episode on the other side of the break. I appreciate you guys all hanging in there with me today. It's uh, kind of a fun conversation for me to kind of give you kind of the itemized list and how this fits into the American conversation. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. We'll be right back. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Trump. 
trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. Welcome back, Bold Americans, to the second half of the show. I was giving you some list of things that I wrote down that I was thankful for, but now we got to get ready for Thanksgiving Day here in America. Now, Thanksgiving Day in America goes all the way back to about 1621. It was a harvest feast that was shared by the English colonists that were called the Pilgrims of Plymouth and the Wampanoag people, uh, the Indians. And the American holiday now uh, has a lot of legend and symbolism in it, where the meal includes turkey, stuffing, potatoes, cranberries, and everybody's favorite, pumpkin pie. Now, I'm not sponsored in any way, shape, or form by Costco, but I gotta be honest, Costco has the best pumpkin pie in the world, and I'm so glad that we were able to secure one of them from our local Costco uh, right before I taped this episode. And <laughs> my wife asked them, they're like, how many pumpkin pies did you make? Now, keep in mind, I'm recording this the day before you're hearing it. So on Tuesday, they baked 2,000 pumpkin pies. They're going to probably bake another 2,000 to 3,000 tomorrow for Thanksgiving. That's a lot of pumpkin pies going out here in Delaware. Um, so anyway, Thanksgiving. Uh, so the whole process of how did we get to turkeys? Um, well, likely it wasn't uh, for the fact that turkey was popular. The, the idea of the colonists going out and doing what they called fowling, um, the easier prey would have been geese or ducks. Uh, they would have probably ate a geese or duck and not a turkey, just looking at that. Now, the Indians, they would have likely brought deer to the meal. Uh, they probably would have brought uh, some fish, maybe some shellfish. They would have brought vegetables. And guess what else the Indians likely would have brought? 
That's right, beer. All right. <laughs> One of the great things that the Wampanoag uh, would have brought was stews and beers and venison. And what's more American now than beer? <laughs> <laughs> and for family celebrations and everything else. Now I say that kind of ironically and funny. My, my listeners should know it's not that I'm like um, some type of person that's against drinking or anything else. I've really kind of just given up drinking in my own life. Um, but still, I, I can appreciate uh, a fine brewed beer at a microbrewery, or I can appreciate a nice bottle of wine that has been uh, fermented well with some good grapes. Uh, I just choose not to drink anymore, but they're not judging by any means. Um, during this time too, we know that uh, the men would get together back then. Uh, they'd fire their guns. They would have uh, races that they would uh, run between each other. They would drink liquor and they tried to speak each other's language. And it was a pretty crazy celebration, much like maybe your celebration will be in your home when everybody starts talking about politics. <laughs> Shut that down real quick. Um, but then a treaty between the two groups um, happened with King Philip's War from 1675 to 76. Uh, and that's where lots of colonists and uh, thousands of Native Americans ended up losing their lives. Uh, the New England colonists, uh, they were uh, accustomed to always celebrating Thanksgivings. And these were days of prayer uh, to thank God for the blessings of military victories or the end of the drought when it started to rain. And this became so popular that the United States Continental Congress uh, proclaimed a national thanksgiving upon the enactment of the Constitution. And then it wasn't until, I believe it was 1798, that the U.S. Congress left Thanksgiving declarations to the states whether or not they would like to declare there to be a day. And uh, the Southerners, outside of New England, they were slow to adopt Thanksgiving. Uh, some people would uh, take offense over the day being used for politics or parades, such as like the Macy's Day Parade. And so the National Thanksgiving Day that we have now uh, was more controversy than anything. I mean, isn't that like everything in our country now? Everything's always got to be controversy until it finally goes. And uh, so Thanksgiving did not become an official holiday here in the United States until really the Northerners uh, were in control of the federal government in the uh, 1850s. Um, and so that's when finally uh, by 18, uh, 1863, um, Lincoln proclaimed a national day of Thanksgiving to be celebrated on Thursday, November 26th of that year. Ever since then, uh, the date was normally chosen to be the last Thursday in November. And uh, it was Roosevelt who tried to extend the Christmas shopping season, which generally began with the Thanksgiving holiday uh, by moving the date back one week to the third week in November. <laughs> that caused problems because all the states didn't comply. So they finally had a, a joint resolution in Congress in 1941. Uh, and then by 1942, there was a proclamation that the fourth Thursday in November, which is not always the last Thursday, would be known as Thanksgiving Day. And so that's how we found 
uh, having this celebration here in the United States where we gather around with our friends, our families, our loved ones, and we have this. Now, if you're listening to this show on the day that it's meant to be listened to, which is a Wednesday, it is also the most popular day of the year for people to go out the bars and the catch up as people fly into their families' homes from out of state, from all over the country, all over the world. People will gather in their local watering holes and share stories of yesteryear. And uh, so, you know, be safe if you're listening to this before going out for that celebration. If you've already gone out for that celebration, know that that has become almost just as much of a part of uh, this tradition in the United States as any. Now, I mentioned uh, in the first half of the show, people would get together, they'd watch football, right? We have this football coming on television now. Uh, it's kind of an all day affair, the Macy's Day Parade. Are you aware that football and Thanksgiving goes all the way back to 1876? Uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm a, <laughs> I play vintage baseball. Well, I played vintage baseball. I haven't played recently in a while, uh, but we didn't use gloves. We played by the rules back in uh, 1865. And uh, played in tournaments up and down the United States. Had a great time with the Diamond State Baseball Club. Give them a little bit of a shout out. But I love history. I love history like this because it's just, I always like to ask, why do we do things that we do? And maybe you didn't know, but football games on Thanksgiving began in 1876 with Yale versus Princeton. <laughs> Imagine that, Yale versus Princeton. That that was the, the start of everything. And by the 1800s, the end of the 1800s, parades began, uh, became very common for cities to start having parades. And by 1920, there was a store in Philadelphia that had a parade uh, with Santa Claus at the end of the procession. And then by 1924, the Macy's Day Parade in New York City uh, kind of hijack that, put these huge balloons and the ideas, and that's been going on ever since. So the Macy's Day Parade is actually coming up here in two years on the 100th anniversary of the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, that is fascinating. Also, something to pay attention to when you're watching the Macy's Day Parade, we're running out of helium on this country, and uh, many people are going, oh my God, we're running out of helium, we should not inflate these balloons. Are you aware that, just a side note, an MRI machine, why, why does my mind go like this? If people are wondering how my brain works, how I just connected these two dots in this conversation, that's exactly how my brain works. Uh, people are talking about the helium crisis that's going on in, in the world uh, and how the Macy's Day Parade should not have the balloons. That's not even making a dent into our helium supply. Uh, there's hardly any helium used in those balloons compared to what one MRI machine uh, uses in the United States. That's correct. One MRI machine uses like a hundred years worth of Macy's Day parades just to do one. Uh, so that's not going to make a big difference. So let's not uh, virtue signal here uh, for the holidays on, oh, I can't believe these balloons were ruining this resource. That's not true. Uh, so yeah, that's some of the things that we've done. Now, one of the things that I need to have on my Thanksgiving day table, I don't know about you. I need to have my cranberry jelly, not cranberries with the actual cranberry sauce with the cranberries inside it. Nope. Nope. I'm talking about like the ocean spray, just straight cranberry jelly. It is so good. It's one of my favorite things. I like my green bean casserole with the like onions and the cream of mushroom soup. I like making a uh, cheddar cheese, broccoli casserole, um, 
my mom always grew up making a uh, sweet potato casserole with uh, the mush uh, marshmallows. I almost said mushrooms. I don't know why I almost said that. Marshmallows on top, and then she'd uh, toast them in the oven. That was always really good. Uh, my wife's family makes the Spanish rice. That's really good. That was an add-on when I got married. Um, and then, you know, we got our turkey. But I'm curious, what are some of your things that you do? If you if you want to reach out and let me know what some of your traditions are that you're going to be celebrating on Thanksgiving Day, if you celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, I would love to hear it at Real Greg Bolden on Twitter. Uh, you can reach me there or you can email me anytime, greg at americaemboldened.com. And I've found that some people don't know how to spell my last name too, or they get confused because Bolden and Bolden, my last name, are spelled differently. So emboldened, E-M-B-O-L-D-E-N-E-D. And my last name is Bolden, B-O-U-L-D-E-N. So if you're looking for me on Twitter, you'll find me under B-O-U-L-D-E-N, at Real Greg Bolden. Uh, so yeah, so back to things to be thankful for, uh, Sundays, I'm thankful for Sundays, but something that I'm curious, I might get a lot of flack for saying this. So keep the joy in your heart and be kind. As I say it, I would love to see in my lifetime, us move from a five day work week to a four day work week. And I know that that's not possible for some of the industries such as, farming, the agricultural side of life, um, even our tech industries, maybe that's not possible in some of those refineries, etc. But moving to a four-day work week, I think would help restore some balance to our hearts and to our souls because we're not created to work for somebody else's dream. Uh, we're created to work. I, I, I do believe that there is value in having a job and feeling that value and contributing to something larger th than yourself. That's stated. The, the grind of five days a week and asking people to work more and more hours for less and less pay as inflation goes up, something's got to give at some point in time. And so I'm a huge proponent of being thankful for my Sundays, but it would be great if I could say, well, I'm thankful for Friday through Sunday or thankful for Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday now is off for people. Now I know that that's going to, that's going to ruffle some feathers, me saying that, but I'm okay with that. Um, also, uh, I, one thing that I wrote down here that I, this is a huge different thing for me. I'm thankful for exercise. Um, getting on my bike, that's my favorite form of exercise and going on a, a long ride and just taking in nature and everything, whatever exercise that you can get in, it's really important that you do it for, for your own wellness. And so this isn't me saying that, Hey, everybody got to go to the gym and lift weights. No, it's just get out, breathe some fresh air, walk for 15 to 30 minutes a day. Um, if you have a pet, go walk your pet. You know, uh, if you have a young child, grab a bike for the child with training wheels that they're not riding yet and have them come along with you, uh, make it a joint experience. But normally when I'm in the middle of exercise, I find myself in deep thought and I'm very grateful in that moment. And so hopefully that works for you as well. Uh, I'm enjoying this long weekend here. Um, I finished up work today, watched the world cup games and uh, it was a blast to, to see that. Uh, we've had some great, for those that are soccer fans with me, we've had some great entertainment. It's nice to see the world coming together. I certainly have my uh, favorites that I'd like to see win. Uh, my son was rooting for Argentina yesterday, and they were upset by Saudi Arabia, and he was not happy about that. I had to watch my eight-year-old be upset with it. But I'm thankful 
for that opportunity to be able to watch as a sport like that brings us all together as a world. As the World Cup soccer goes on, I'm thankful that we can all gather as a one human family to celebrate, um, you know, competition and being together, much like the Olympics bring everybody together. Tomorrow, on the episode for Thanksgiving, I am bringing on uh, a gentleman who just phenomenal storyteller, uh, really uh, deep spirituality, uh, lives with joy authentically, and I'm looking forward to bringing you his voice. And so today we got a little bit of Thanksgiving Day, what it means to people, whether Americans are thankful, a little bit on our list. Hopefully you can think about your list, right? I, I asked yesterday or two days ago to, to text somebody and kind of reconnect uh, today, I'm just asking if you haven't made a list of things that you're thankful for, maybe around the table on Thanksgiving day, um, instead of, you know, that awkward moment and say, well, who's saying prayer before <laughs> we all eat? Maybe it's, Hey, everybody, one thing that you've been thankful for here in 2022, uh, list it, go around the table and truly listen to one another. Uh, let's make a, a joy filled experience for all. That's all for today, everybody. I hope that I honored your time well. I appreciate you stopping in here. I hope that you also can appreciate the fact that I'm taking a break from politics for this week to focus on joy and Thanksgiving as we get into uh, the Thanksgiving holiday tomorrow. So I, I wish all of you the best. I will join you again tomorrow for Thanksgiving Day. All right, everybody, you've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Uh-huh.